sorry about that. I got distracted. Let's go back like 10 seconds and I'm just going to let him talk. I think most of you kind of know how I feel about things. I just wanted you to hear it anyways. Let's go. Any second now. To be incarcerated and recognize it's not a zero sum game that civil rights didn't hurt white people, that um, gay marriage didn't hurt heteronormative marriage and acknowledging the statistics and then speaking about this problem in societal terms as we speak about problems and very real issues facing women and non-whites that we're finally having a productive conversation and also asking an important question should a 19 year did he say women and non-whites this <sighs> listen Let me, let me keep. Year old boy who has an education system bias against him on a behavior adjusted basis. Boys are twice as likely to be suspended. Wow. So you're telling me, see this, oh, y'all, you, in order for you to have progress, you have to address things. He's saying that there's a gender bias. Look, when you, I want y'all to go back and look through and see like who does mass shootings. Is it boys or girls? Who are these people? Now, you will have girls that will, like, try to staple their teacher's eyelids shut and stuff like that. I think one broke what broke a teacher's leg. But for the most part, they're mostly men. And I think that you can't call that a gender bias. Like, they're legit out here. I talked earlier on this podcast about how we now have eight and nine-year-olds robbing people at gunpoint for their cars that's not there's not there's that's not a gender bias like we don't have gender bias going up to little boys and be like hey kid you're a boy so like why don't you go wreak some havoc like why don't you go try to buy a gun and shoot somebody or hurt your sister or you know, hurt your parents or or get involved in violence. Like gender bias is not out here just recruiting kids. Like there there's a reason, and I think that this is in disingenuous because there's stats. I think that the human population, we're not out here just going like, hmm, what are the numbers? Let's try to try to increase the numbers. I think that we try to give the benefit of the doubt. And then that's why science is so important because it starts to show you like if you have certain patterns and certain numbers, then that means you have to address the issue. So but this is crazy because he's talking out of both sides of his neck because one minute he's saying it's gender bias. But at the next minute, he's quoting um, what, what, what's the word, the delicate word that they're trying to use, um, like delicately ending their lives or something or like type of thing and and come on sir oh i just this is disingenuous uh yeah five times as likely if you're a black boy than a girl should that 19 year old pay for the sins and the advantages of his father and his grandfather these young men are struggling and because of the good work so he he brings up black boys in there and but my thing is this too their fathers are not the ones out here toe tagging people it's them I, you know what? You know what? This, there's a reason why. I feel like I'm just going to start moving away from this content. This is... Is it his father and his grandfather? 
these young men are struggling. And because of the good work of Christine and a more productive dialogue, we're finally having a productive conversation around solutions instead of a gag reflex around the issue. Because unfortunately, some very negative voices have filled this void where there was no discussion. <laughs> totally agree. Well, and that's, that's what's remarkable, Christine, about your piece. I was, I was reading the piece and I, I, I would get, get certain parts. I go, wait a second, is she? Wait, she's saying this out loud because this is what everybody's <laughs> talked about, but they haven't said certain parts out loud. And, that's right. And, 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 but, but, but one thing that you really, you talk about that I think any parents uh, are, are people that have known younger women have seen for some time. And it started with, I think, our family about 10, 11 years ago. We would have friends of the family who, uh, young women, and it would be like a Friday night and there was somebody that they were dating and would say, oh, you, you're, you, so you're going out, you know, with someone said, no, he's um, playing video games. Uh, no, he's doing this. No, he's, a, what is he, he's getting, a, you know, and we weren't prodding and, but we've all had these conversations and it started about 10 years ago where I would just, I would like say to me guys go, wait, a lot of the, a lot of these, kids a lot of these guys in their 20s and early 30s are playing video games and watching porn and staying inside of their house and living with their parents and are not moving forward but we really didn't know what was going on we know and see so he's even saying it too that that it doesn't have anything to do with bias like these are legit things that you can observe in your life so I don't think you get to go out here and just be like, oh, you have gender bias. This is why you're seeing this. No, you're seeing this because it's a reality. It's a stark reality. I'm going to, oh, y'all, I'm, I'm, it's moments like this where I'm debating if I'm even going to upload because I have done recordings before and I'm like, yeah, no, this is not hitting the airwaves. You know what? I'm not going to say what I wanted to say. Let's just keep pushing through. Let's just do that. Oh, now, and it is not good and that's what i loved about your article it was like don't run away from masculinity don't pretend it's not there but as you said and as scott said all along use those strengths use those traits in a way that helps all of society and as scott says the key to it is that it's used to protect others they can't do that they can't do that the reason we need protection is from other men, point blank, period. Um, but I find it, I, I think I found a way to kind of say what I was going to say a couple seconds ago, but in a more delicate way. Um, so I think in the black community, we would call her like a pygmy, right? Because I noticed that at the beginning, it's kind of like, wow, this is a great piece for men. Like, if anybody's going to benefit from this, it's going to be men. And, um, I find it interesting, too, that the these white guys are talking about how it affects black men, too, or black little boys. Okay, yada, yada, yada. But I find it interesting that if she was in having conversations in the black community, but we don't have, you know, black news media, so... But um, our own TV stuff and stuff like that, or, or broadcast or news stations or stuff like that, but... Um, I think she would be treated much differently. And I think it's interesting that in the white community and dominant society, you can see that they're like, 
thank you so much for like wearing a cape for our men, right? But what black women have been doing this in the black community for a long time. We're, we will try to say like, let's coddle them. Let's try to do better. Let's try to celebrate them. Let's try to breathe life into them. And, but again, I think it's interesting that they are just eating her up like apple pie and they just absolutely love the message. I don't think that's the answer though. I don't think it's the answer because it hasn't worked in the black community and it's not going to work across just how men are in general. You know, let me go back a little bit because there was something else I wanted to say that he said that kind of traits in a way that helps all of society. And as Scott says, the key to it is that it's used to protect others. Right. I think that's that's exactly right. This is a let me just say this too. Remember at the beginning, he was like, oh, you know, the left is saying that, you know, we no longer celebrate. This This is so important because a lot of us are saying like, we want you to show up to protect. But once you understand that they're like low-key not able to, and that's part of the reason we're getting into these conversations. I think that, okay, because you're probably wondering like, what do you mean like guys can't protect and stuff like that? I... I'm inclined to believe, and again, just from listening to Priscilla, I, I don't attend all of her workshops or stuff like that, but I'm inclined to believe in something else, but I think that um, I don't know. I think this is part of the reason, like, I've talked about this before, too. You have guys that that seem to care, and I haven't been able to put a finger on why there's a small percentage that are able to care. But I think that it goes back to the beginning where it's kind of like a, part of the reason a lot of us women are fussing is because y'all are not doing the things that we said masculine men used to, you know, are supposed to do. I think we're trying to force these attributes down your throat and... Things like saying like you're supposed to protect, but usually the the behavior tends to be predatory. I say tends to be, you do have those people far and few between. Like I um, I've mentioned actually some of the ones I hold in high regard on my podcast, where it's like you have somebody like I think is a Katie motivator, and I'm like, how is this guy out here? You can tell he's empathetic. He's giving back to his community. He's checking out for the kids. Like. Who, how did he get this way? I featured another young man that he actually used to be the lead trader for one of the um, stocks that I was in. And when you listen to him, the guy is brilliant, brilliant and so well-versed and so articulate and very intellectual and a deep thinker. And he cares about his mother and he's empathetic with what's going on with his mother and his sister and advocating for women's rights and understanding the nuances of what's going on in the black community. But it's like, I think part of the curiosity that all of us want is kind of like, okay, how do you take that and replicate it? Are you born with it? What environment do you need? But I don't think coddling is the answer. And the reason I say coddling is not the answer is because we've tried this in the black community and that ish does not work, you know? question that I started asking myself when I was writing my book, Rethinking Sex, um, which came out last year. I talked to a lot of young women, and they also mentioned that the men who they were hoping to date were just 
not there. Exactly as you said, they were, you know, at home playing video games and watching porn or just not stepping up. And then talking to guys themselves, they almost seemed confused as to mm-hmm. what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, are we allowed to talk to women? Are we not supposed to talk to women? I'm so confused. I guess I'm just not going to do anything at all. And they're looking for a path forward, but unfortunately... And this is who you want to be your leaders. And I hate that I have to say this, but I'm not going to say it again for the rest of the podcast. It's not all. I think, like, it's one out of, like, every thousand, right? One out of maybe every thousand. These are just numbers I'm pulling completely out of my ass and out of thin air. But it's so far and few between. But then when you talk about how we really want these men to protect and to step up, step up and to be leaders and, and you know, be head of household. But they're not even sure if they, you don't know my name. And I swear on my mother and father it feels like, right? They can't even ask you for your name. Can't even ask you for your number, you know, type of a thing. Asking to go 50-50 on the bills is like, mm. You know, progressives and the left are not really offering a path. So instead, they turn to often right-wing figures. Josh Hawley is... I want to say it was kind of bothering me, too. I don't think this is like a left or right or conservative or progressive issue. I think it's just... This stuff is happening in Afghanistan. This stuff is happening in Canada. This stuff is happening in South America, Central America, North America, Europe, China. It's a global thing. And I think that there's a little bit of disservice, too, when we try to say, like, oh, well, the left are doing this and the left, the right aren't doing this and progressive and da da da. It's way bigger than that is one of the tamer of the bunch, I would say. But even people like uh, Andrew Tate, who has become famous recently after being retweeted by Elon Musk. After being uh, arrested, you mean? But anyways, oh yeah, Elon Musk did um, tweet him, didn't he? Josh Hawley is one of the tamer of the bunch, I would say. But even people like uh, Andrew Tate, who has become famous recently after being retweeted by Elon Musk and more importantly being... I think she means infamous, but anyways. Imprisoned in Romania for sex trafficking. Those are the examples they go to, these awful models of masculinity, because there aren't better Mm pro-social models of masculinity that they can look towards. And that seems like a real lack in our society. And it's only going to get worse as, you know, a vast swath of young men begin to feel more and more lost and disappear. Scott, I have both a teenage daughter and a teenage son, and I have different concerns about each of them. Obviously, the challenges for a young woman with social media and so many other things coming up in the in this world. But also, when I think about my young son, and I'm curious what you think about this, he will... He- and this is the thing. Why are you concerned about your daughter? You're concerned about the type of man that's going to be attracted, right? You're con- concerned about the XYs because you know what they're capable of, Right? And so he's going to talk about what's the difference for the concerns of the men. Because remember, we're, we're trying to tell you that men are supposed to protect, you know? And I, I think that, I don't know who came up with this model. Um, I think that there, like I said, there's far and few between people. I think like, a man protecting is right up there with him having a high IQ or high intelligence level type of a thing. So it's kind of like, do you have males that can protect? 
yes. But they're kind of like more coded to prey and to be more predatorial. Um, and that's something I'm working on. Like I, and I think, I don't know. I think if I'm going to, because this is Musings of a Divine Feminine and you get to hear the inner workings of my mind. I don't know that I can dedicate so much more copious amounts of time to trying to figure this ish out. I'm just going to thank Goddess Mother Divine that I'm not a male. And I'm just going to keep it trucking and get more into my trading and more into taking care of what's going on with my family. But I don't have a solution for this. Now, he's going to describe to you what, what's going to happen with his boy, his concern for his son. But again, the concerns for his daughter have to do with the environment that men have created in terms of like, are they going to pick her up for sex trafficking? Are they going to exploit her? Are they going to try to art her? Are they going to try to demean her? Those are all things that have to do with men, boys, right? In this world, but also when I think about my young son, and I'm curious what you think about this, he will hear out there things like to toxic masculinity and boys and all these things that have sort of been injected into the bloodstream. And there is a generation, it's just true, it may not be. And this, they're, they're kind of being crybabies about this because there is, um, there's two sides of the spectrum, right? And you don't get to say that there's no toxic masculinity or stop talking about toxic masculinity. I think that there is positive masculinity, but like I said, the, the examples are so far and few between, and that's part of the issue that you need to address too. Why aren't there more models of positive masculinity, right? But at the same time, you don't get to um, undermine what women are addressing as toxic traits, but at the same time, we have both parts of the spectrum as we do with everything else, right? Almost done. A welcome thought for some people watching. It's just true that there are young boys now who are hearing from the time they are, you know, sentient, basically, that they are inherently, there's something wrong with them or there's something bad. They, they need to temper themselves and tame themselves a little bit. What okay, but so is there something wrong with that, right? Because... This is the thing. I think that there's honestly, it's a disservice if we don't understand how like testosterone affects their, 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 you know, them in their, their minds and stuff like that. And what if, cause he, I'm going to go back five seconds. He says, oh, we're telling boys that from a young age, they have to learn to temper themselves. What's wrong with that? And this is the thing, like a lot of um, more moms and stuff are calling in to like Priscilla's show to find out like, well, what do I do with my sons? Part of the solution is you have to be way more stricter than you thought you were when they were younger and make sure that the, the behavior and character formation is there by three o'clock, by three o'clock, by three years old. And what is so interesting is that's actually across the board. You can tell what kind of a child you're going to have as early as the age of three and four. There are studies on this. I remember when I was working on my doctorate program and I took a class in psychology and we had to learn the stages of behavior. And from that early age, their, their behaviors are already formed. So um, you can try to shape and condition, but you kind of already know the raw material that you're working with, right? And so, but I think that um, what I find fascinating is that if there are moms that have younger kids, 
if you're able to be like, wait a minute, I need to make sure that I put him in stuff like martial arts. I need to make sure that I give him responsibilities. I need to make sure that I have male figures around him. I need to give him an outlet for, um, for his, you know, when he, when he starts to experience that surge of testosterone in his body, I need to be able to address this. That is way better than trying to go the way that we are now and trying to treat little boys like little girls. Like this is, we are, we are absolutely paying for what we, we have been doing. You know what I'm saying? Let me go back and, and play what he says you know, sentient, basically, that they are inherently, there's something wrong with them, or there's something bad, and they, they need to temper themselves and tame themselves a little bit. Yeah, they need to temper and tame themselves. And it comes down to biology. And like I said, I think that if they want to progress this conversation, you have to look at why, you know, some of the people I featured on my podcast, how come they're intellectual? How come they're loving spouses? How come they're great parents? How come they have empathy and are smart and intelligent? But I don't think the solution is to be like, well, why should I have to tell my son to temper himself? If you understand how testosterone works and that you need to help them learn to manage it. You know what I'm saying? And so... I don't, that's why I was saying like, even like, it's, it's much more proactive if you say, you know what, we need to put them in like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw something out there like boot camp or, you know, get them more engaged with hands-on activities, put them in sports, way more mentoring, stuff like that from an early, early age from, you know, ages one, two and three and stuff like that. Right. That's going to give you way more bang for your buck if you're proactive and addressing that they do have to like tame the inner beast, right? Women don't have testosterone. Well, th- this is interesting. I I was looking at some stuff um last week and women have different degrees of testosterone running through their bodies, right? And you can kind of tell too like the more testosterone they have, the more agitated they are, the more aggressive they are, the more it it comes out. So, how do you manage that? That's going to be the key. That's going to get you way more bang for your buck than for you saying like, well, let's be, let's practice compassion. I'm telling you that ish don't work. We tried it in the black community and, and the black community is suffering for that. The coddling thing does not work. It's better to get out in front of it and say, yes, you know, prefrontal cortex is, is this is affected court, um, what was the other, the, the, was it the hypothalamus that she was talking about? I don't remember y'all. I'd be listening, but I'm, by the time I'm listening to her, I'm like, I'm doing different things in the background and she keeps saying prefrontal cortex or something and testosterone, like, yeah, you need to learn how nice that. Now, that being said, I think that it's almost not even, it doesn't make sense because when I remember in fifth grade, even though I went to a private Christian school. I remember they separate the boys from the girls, you know, and, you know, is like that sacred. Everybody looks forward to that week. And they talk to us women about our menstrual cycle and giving birth and, you know, the birds and the bees and stuff like that and how our bodies are going to develop. And I feel like maybe in some ways we are a little bit better off because we understand that we have to manage the things that come with being a woman. And I think that part of with being a man, you, you have to address, yes, it's going to be normal for you to feel these surges of, and how do you manage that? Do you need meditation? Do you need 
I don't know, but it's better to get in front of it. I don't think sitting back and being like, oh, poor Pookie and Ray Ray and Brad Jr. No, this is not the, this is not the way, my people. This is not the way. What is the impact of terms like toxic masculinity? Uh, it's shame and it's rage. And to not acknowledge that um, we're having an important conversation about the continuum of sexuality. And we need to acknowledge that everyone along that continuum deserves a certain amount of dignity and respect and equal rights. But also to embrace our... No, 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 no. This is the thing. I think that they're trying to make it seem like we're seeing all men are um, toxic. The problem is you don't have positive models. That's where their hangup is. That's really where it is. And the other thing I wanted to say, too, is, you know, like even when you look at our, our justice system, right? You have us free, upstanding citizens, taxpaying citizens, um, have to kind of throw that in there, right? And then you have people who are out here like committing crime, robbery, fraud, forgery, all this other stuff. You have to address the negativity in in the what's going on in the community. Does that mean now all of us are lumped in together where now you're taking my good name and you're like, oh, well, Muses of a Divine Feminine is, um, you know, arring out here, fraud, forgery, you know, theft and murder and all this stuff. No, you have to address what's negative. And in a way, it's kind of like a, um, not like a Freudian slip, but it's kind of like you have to wonder why are they choosing to identify with that? Why are they choosing to identify with that term toxic masculinity instead of just saying, you know, but, and again, again, you can look at what's happened in the black community because then you're going to have people saying like, well, not all of us, we're different and stuff like that. But I think that the ones who are different, there's not enough models. And again, it's because you're not getting out in front of it, but you don't get to say like this stuff right here. Hold on. About the continuum of sexuality. And we need to acknowledge that everyone along that continuum deserves a certain amount of dignity and respect. And again, I think what grinds my gears with this is where were these conversations when it was the, when the shoe was on the other foot? And now that women are starting to figure out that we're different and we operate different. Where was that whole we need to have compassion for each other is not coming out until now. It's, you know, on this side. And equal rights. But also to embrace our, you know, those among us who are binary, to embrace masculinity. Masculinity is a wonderful thing. And essentially on the far left, we've decided that masculinity means more, is being more feminine. And yet the majority of women will say that they want men to initiate romantic interests. 75% of women <sighs> still consider economic viability a key consideration in selecting a mate. It's only 20 Yeah. Yeah economic viability so you can't in one minute say like oh you want them to um, protect and provide and be economically viable and then the next second just be like oh but they can't temper themselves they can't control themselves like they you know can't ask for somebody's number like I think that part of the complaints and I'm gonna just let it end here because I'm pretty sure this is gonna be more than 30 minutes Part of the reason that women are out here, there's a, there's a word in Spanish like quejando, right? Part of the reason they're quejando and like 
complaining is because y'all are not doing what you need to. But part of the problem is maybe we're putting too much pressure on you. Maybe you're just not capable of doing those type of things, right? And so, five percent for women. So while consider romantic interests, seventy-five percent of women still consider economic viability a key consideration in selecting a mate. It's only twenty-five percent for women. So while the world wants the positive aspects of masculinity, uh, young people are told that masculinity is a negative. This is a masculinity is a wonderful thing, and just to move to solutions. You're talking about your boy. The point in a boy's life where he comes off the rails and starts becoming one of these poor citizens, quite frankly, more likely to engage in misogynistic content, less likely to believe in climate change, starts blaming women for his problem or his parents. That point is when they lose a male role model. So I think moving to solutions and helping to redefine masculinity, which we get to do, it's a it's a societal construct. The ultimate expression of masculinity, including from some of the men around this table, is to take an interest in the life of a young boy that isn't yours. That is when boys start to fail, is when they don't have a male role model. You know, and this is funny, y'all. I'm telling you, my mind has been in hyperdrive, but I've just been, it's been too hot for me to put stuff up. Kid you not, last night, I was thinking about it. And, you know, and again, I probably would get way more bang for my buck if I talked about like what's going on with women. But if you want to use the biblical model, Jesus had two two parents. He had two fathers. He had his holy but um heavenly father and his stepfather, right? And it's so funny like in the black community we always, you know, the men are always like, "Oh, stepfathers, you shouldn't be raising other people's kids and, you know, type of a thing and and stuff like that." But they, at the same time, claim to be like Hotep and Christian and all this stuff. Jesus was out here with two whole fathers, y'all. And maybe that's a model. Maybe more men need two male role models. Like maybe a stepfather is a good thing in the, in the, in the community. You know what I'm saying? And so, but I low-key, like when they say stuff like that, it kind of makes me wonder too. Like you can't really be having just any men around your boys too. This is giving Catholic church guidance type of thing but anywho and even to acknowledge that young boys need older men in their lives uh, evokes a negative reaction it's a wonderful thing to be involved in a young boy's life and we've been told that uh, anything around special advocacy for young boys is um is somehow toxic. This is hugely important that we begin a productive conversation. When we talk about issues facing people of color, we talk about or, or women, we talk about societal uh, problems, we talk about the need for social problems, and we talk about young men, we use words like level up and accountability. There's, We can absolutely do something about this. We need to embrace a modern form of capitalism. We need to lean into it. And we need to acknowledge that no cohort in America has fallen further faster young men. Oh, Lord. This is going to be a long A podcast. Um, <laughs> Listen, if you want, if you want, I'm going to go ahead and put in the thumbnail and um, this podcast is already long enough. You can go read the comments for <laughs> So. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, y'all. I don't know. Like I said, I listen, maybe y'all are going to celebrate this alongside with me. I don't know. I'm going to, um, working on some new stuff on my new YouTube channel. Super excited about that. Working my way around that. And then, um, from there, I'm still debating if I want to to keep the podcast this side of things so that's something that I'll probably figure out in the next week or two what that means and what that will look like and or if I'll just do another podcast that's only tied to my other YouTube channel um and we'll see like I'll look at the numbers and see too because if if you guys keep you know click on it and you're engaging on it and part of it too it could be different content i can shift more to like the um i'm waiting for the book you were born rich to come in and kind of just shifting to different conversations because this stuff i i don't have the answers but listen my niece is 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 obviously a girl i think everything holy for that and i'm just gonna focus on that um, but I can agree that these guys, they need help. And I think that trying to do the, trying to not address that there is toxic masculinity is, is not going to work. I don't think that coddling it or, you know, not addressing it is the solution either. So I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. What is good to find dogs? Listen. When I tell you the heat mint is great mint in this apartment, okay, um, finally went ahead and put on the AC because um, I was trying to just keep the, the bill down a little bit low and just I'm basically in one area of the house anyways, but nah, I waited till it cooled down, turned on the AC, and I'll be leaving it on for at least the next three days straight. <laughs> So I know that it's better to put it on when it's cooler in the day. So now that it's cooler, it doesn't have to work as hard. It's just grown folk stuff, you know what I'm saying? But we did get a, um excessive heat alert. And so um, it's already been brutally hot, but they're like, no, nah, it's about to get hotter. And I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay, so but and then just real quick for the rest of you who are with me and especially my trader chicks. I have so many and interesting things I have to give you updates on for my trading accounts and stuff like that. Um, but to be quite honest, it's been too hot. Um, I have been trading in the morning, but once that heat kicks in, I'm just trying not to do anything, not to move. And it's, I just didn't want it. So now that I have the AC on, I'm like, you know what? Let me knock some of this stuff out. So, but with that being said, um, I am... I see myself kind of moving away from this content somewhat or, or not covering it as much, but it's something like this that I will listen alongside with you. I saw the title. <clears throat> it says why men have turned to awful models of masculinity and how to change it. So y'all know how I do. I like to listen to it just, you know, off the rip and um, it's 12 minutes and 48 seconds. So let's go ahead and listen to this from MSNBC. So let's go. Construction of America begins with and depends on the deconstruction of American men. The left want to define traditional masculinity as toxic. They want to define the traditional masculine virtues, things like courage and independence and assertiveness as a danger to society. Actually, let's just cut to the bullshit. 
you know, um, if one of the, the content creators I talked to, she has really brought up like how sometimes it's a manipulative tactic when people mix or sprinkle in a little bit of truth with a little bit of falsehoods. And I mean, 22 seconds in, let's cut to the bullshit. So he starts off the thing by saying like, in order to for us to, I guess, is it like reconstruct? I'll go back to the beginning because it was a little bit faint. But um, he says that, you know, I guess for America to evolve, we have to look at masculinity. But I don't think I've ever heard not a one woman, at least in the conversations that I'm, I'm in, that we are downing courage and assertiveness and all the other stuff he's saying. Sir, that is a good listen. And this is the thing, like. When you look at some of the acts for for um I was gonna say for coward cowardness, cowardliness um, for even the femicide rates, the level of cowardice that that it, that happens a lot of the times. Even when you look at how um with the Carlisha Hood incident, he wasn't picking on no man, right? Not that he should, because I'm not. I've never been a proponent of you know black on black crime or men taking out other men either but i feel like if you would pick on somebody your size like that would take at least some balls you know like you'd kind of be like mano a mano but it's to the point where you have these men creeping up on people using weapons and targeting women like there's nothing courageous about that i that's just bullshit let's just go to the beginning and and turn it all the way up so we can deconstruction of america begins with and depends on the deconstruction of American men. So that part is true. The left want to define traditional masculinity as toxic. They want to define the traditional masculine virtues, things like courage and independence and assertiveness. So the other ones he's saying are independence and assertiveness, okay? Ain't nothing independent about asking a woman what she brings to the table and asking her to go 50-50 on the bills. Okay? Now, in terms of assertiveness, the one thing that they do have is podcasts. (laughs) They have access to Michelle Obama's internet, okay? And Barack Obama's phone. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So... But for the most part, like part of the what's toxic masculinity is the codependence and the cowardice. And you can tell this guy is just let's just let's just push through it. You already that, that just let's cut through the bullshit as a danger to society. Republican Senator Josh Hawley back in 2021 discussing what he calls the decline in masculinity. Though the Missouri lawmaker has been one of the loudest voices speaking out against these so-called attacks on manhood, his rhetoric has become all too familiar with young men in the country. This is an issue we've discussed on the show before. And for more, we're joined by writer for the Washington Post's opinion section, Christine Emba, and author, entrepreneur, and professor at New York University's Stern Business School, Scott Galloway. Good to have you both and Christine. So they have a, a young lady and they have an older gentleman on the um, that will be doing commentary, just to kind of give you an idea, so a male and a female. 
Jean, you dive into the conversation about American masculinity in a new essay entitled Men Are Lost. Here's a map out of the wilderness. And let me read from a part of it um, because it's it's really compelling and it's a hard. Okay, so just in case you want to probably read the article, it's in the Washington Post and it's an opinion piece and it's titled Men Are Lost. Here's a map out of the That's Not Acceptable by Christine Emba. Conversation to have. You say, I started noticing it a few years ago. Men, especially young men, were getting weird. For all their problems, the strict gender roles of the past did give boys a script of how to be a man. But if trying to smash the patriarchy has left a vacuum in our ideal of masculinity, it also gives us a chance at a fresh start, mm. an opportunity to take what is useful from models of the past and repurpose it for boys and men today. I so agree, right? And I I understand it. There is a level of empathy um, because... Um, and I've talked about this before too, but most of you know, and I, listen, if I don't give credit, somebody's going to come for my ass, right? But I feel like, um, so Priscilla has talked about how patriarchy, the way that it is right now, it doesn't, it's not in favor of men either, right? So, but I guess because of ego, they just feel like that's the only thing that they can hold on to kind of make them feel that they're better. And this is, again... I, have to, I hate that I have to even say not all men. And I do find it interesting, too, because sometimes the people, <laughs> including myself, that talk about it, it's like I... And I try to make sure that I um, can understand things, too. I did grow up in a two-parent home. I have brothers. I love them very much, in spite of all, you know, some of the things that have happened and stuff like that. But um, it does make it a little bit difficult when you have a woman <laughs> that is, you know saying these type of things but they're in, married and it's kind of like well not my husband which to me is right up there with not my son um you know type of a thing so but anyways yeah I can agree with that that um I keep going back to that movie that's coming out in October and I know that it's it, it's a movie but I kind of like how it is is touching on how I think that there's a shift um and I want to say that the same thing too. I, I so she's talking about it's an opinion piece for her, right? But I've noticed that um, there is a shift you could say with younger men. But I want to say too, I was listening to this TikTok of this older woman that had her baby. She had her son at a later age in life, and um, she talked about her not wanting to dye her hair anymore. I was watching um, this; they were stitched together TikToks on. Char Henley's YouTube channel and um she was talking to her husband about how she didn't want to dye her hair anymore and he was like well aren't you worried about getting older and you know like it washing you out and stuff and so the the son he looks up at her and he's like mom I think you're gonna rock it and I think that the younger generation it really is hit or miss I think it's the same thing with men I think it's the same thing with women I think that even though men and women are different, we still have our low frequency in both genders. And I so with the younger men, I noticed that you're either going to be coming out with pure clean energy where you're like 
you care about your community and you're forward thinking and you're family oriented and you're aware of like what your mom went through and what your sister went through. I featured several of them on my YouTube. I mean, on my, on my podcast, right. And stuff like that. So, and then you have some of these guys that like, uh, just the other day, there are several, I heard two different news stories where these eight year olds are like stealing cars and robbing people at gunpoint. So, I like that she says it here. It's a a chance at a fresh start, an opportunity to take what's useful from the models of the past and repurpose it for boys and men today. So, and it's crazy because I don't even, when you listen to the first part of what she's saying, she's not even bashing them. I think in a roundabout way, she's in a way putting her cape on and advocating for them too, because she could go on about her life and talk about what's going on with women and that type of thing. But she's, kind of addressing it to where I, that's not a bash piece at all, right? She's saying, take, she's saying, take what works and give yourself an opportunity to have a fresh start to repurpose what it means for you. But again, I think that a lot of people, like for men, it's one of those ego things because if you say we're going to take away the patriarchy that says that you are automatically above the woman and that's your only way to have like status in society and you're saying that you're going to take that away then and that's what your self-worth is attached to then i can see where that's going to be a problem you know but at the same time it doesn't serve them either because sometimes what if it's not fair what if you know they really can't protect or provide or they what if they really do need someone to help them 50 50 on the bills and what if they really um do need way more resources than we have acknowledged in the past you know we can find ways to work with the distinctive traits and powerful stories that already exist risk-taking strength strength self-mastery protecting providing procreating so these are things that she's saying would be the strength and i think again if you get a chance to listen to um princella and you're able to kind of like cut through a lot of the noise right and um then you're going to hear why some of those things are you're so for example she talks about risk taking right um strength that they do have right testosterone makes them stronger they're able to put on more muscle than a woman um self mastery is something that you know you have to have the will to um perfect yourself in that type of thing and to compete But the protecting and the providing thing, I think that that's part of what the newer society is struggling with. I think that, um, and Priscilla talks about this, the nature of a male. In some senses, they're not really capable of protecting and providing it. As a matter of fact, most of the reason that a lot of us women need protection is because of these XYs. You know what I'm saying? So, and a lot of the times we're going 50-50 on these bills, 50-50 on the dates, 50-50 on everything else. So those two things, maybe you have to revisit what that means, you know? And then this one is kind of funny. Like if you listen to yourself for the most part, you're going to laugh about this too because they talk about procreating and it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to be too rude, but (laughs) if you're like in those circles and you, you kind of know where that would go so but yeah let's just keep going we can recognize how real and important they are and we can attempt to make them pro-social to help not just men but also women 
and to support the common good. And I think you could actually flip it because I think a lot of the, the it's funny because when you think about it, you would think that a lot of these feminist conversations are actually for going to benefit women more. It actually benefits men more, I feel like. You know, so her think piece would actually is more in favor, like it would benefit more men because it's helping us women to understand what we're dealing with with these men. But if men can kind of understand it too, then it's kind of like they're going to benefit. And I don't think that there's any bashing or anything that's going on with that. All right, let's go. In my ideal, the mainstream could embrace a model that acknowledges male per particularity and difference but doesn't denigrate women to do so Woo! i freaking love that and that's kind of where i feel about it too i think that when i think back over the life of my podcast you can hear the the shift in me having to deal with a lot of that stuff she says how do you acknowledge male particularity right so that i said this too men and women are different and i you have to handle the nuances because when we talk about equality, we're talking about in the workplace in terms of if I'm doing the same work as you, I should get the same pay as you, right? But in terms of our anatomy, physiology, our emotions and stuff like that, we are different and I think we have to acknowledge that, right? So it says to acknowledge male particularity and difference, but not denigrating women to do so. And so it's kind of a double whammy, especially in the black community, because we experience that whole thing where it's kind of like, if, if you have a problem, then you can address some of the issues, but you don't have to denigrate. I think like, like with the whole dating out thing, right? Even for myself, like I said, like even in my family, we I have both aunts and uncles that have dated out, like are married out, correction, not date, like they're married, right? But um, you don't have to, I've never had a problem with people dating out. The biggest issue that I think any African-American or black woman is going to tell you is like, bruh, just keep our name out of your, you don't have to denigrate us or talk about our phenotype or our attitudes or why you don't like us or why you don't think we're worthy of love and protection and all this stuff. And so I think it's the same thing too on a wider scale. It's kind of like one of those things like if you're into men, just say that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you just, you know, have problems with patriarchy, it doesn't mean you have to like tear down other people's castles. And so this, that's a really good piece. I can see why they're kind of featuring that. And this has 76,000 views at the time that I'm recording this, right? To address male particularity and difference, but doesn't denigrate women to do so. And I think it could be vice versa. I think I'm like, I'm at turning the corner where it's kind of like, I just feel bad for the guys. Like, I feel bad for the XYs that can't make it that can't make the correlation and are trying to piece things together um, type of a thing. And, and yeah, I just feel bad for the ones that can't figure it out. But like I said, I've featured XYs on my YouTube that I, I hold in high regard type of a thing. So it says, um, she's going to go on to finish reading this. So it says... It's a vision of gender that's not androgynous, but still equal and relies on character, not just biology. And it acknowledges... That certain themes protect her. Now, that's interesting because um, 
again, I keep telling you to go directly to the source because I think there's information there. And it is, you know, as with anything else, you have to do your research and understand it for yourself. So it can take you a couple of hours to get to understand it. But she says, um, Priscilla talks about you have to address biology first. So again, this is kind of like those things where she has it a little bit wrong. And it is an opinion piece. And I think that if I had read this like six months ago or a year ago, I would have agreed with her. But now I can see the distinction in what she's saying. Because she's saying here, it's a vision of gender that's not androgynous, but but still equal and relies on character, not just biology. So, okay, okay. So, but that makes sense too. Uh, You have to look up, she says biology first, then I think psychology or sociology. You know, like I said, go straight to her, to the source. If I get a soundbite, I will play it for you in a future podcast and stuff like that. But um, what was I going to say? Another thing that's so interesting, too, is I had done a podcast on why I don't think that we should be androgynous. Like um, I used to be part of like the quote unquote twin flame community. And after a while, I started to notice, I was like, wait a minute, I think that we're trying to make a lot of us more androgynous and you actually need polarity. I honestly think that you do need to have male and female. And I think that what's happening with like even in the spiritual community or like the twin flame community, it's like you're trying to make somebody become like you would try to take me and try to make me more masculine. And then you would take a man and try to make him more more feminine and so now it's like we're all just like neutral as opposed to me celebrating that I am a woman I'm female and I do have elements of masculinity and strength and assertiveness and so on so forth but yeah so I actually agree with that provider even procreator still resonate with many men and should be worked with not against but how to implement it frankly it will be slow a new masculinity will be a norm shift and that takes time the women's movement succeeded in changing structures and aspirations but the social transformation didn't take place overnight and empathy will be required as grating as that might feel. So what are the challenges moving forward, Christine, to actually make these changes? Do we have to confront what is happening right now? Yes, absolutely. And first of all, thank you so much for having me to talk about this. I do feel that it's a really important issue, even though I'm obviously not a man myself. Um, I think one of the challenges that we've been facing in bringing this issue to the fore is that, you know, we do have the, t- the statistics, right? We see that for every 100 women who graduate from college right now, only 74% of men do, or only 74 men do for every 100 women. Mm. Men make up three out of four deaths of despair. Um, so we know that there is something going on. The problem that I outline in this piece specifically is that Progressives and the left especially seem to not want to acknowledge this, or at least not acknowledge that men might be a group in need of assistance itself. I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't be laughing. Let me let me let her keep talking. To talking about men as men. Uh, yeah. and instead people want to say, well, we just need to be good people. But what does that look like specifically? Because young men especially are asking for a specific path. 
And Scott, I'm, I'm curious what you think of Christine's piece and um, how it perhaps reflects in what you're seeing in the younger generations. Uh, good to be with you. I think Christine's piece was a tour de force and important work. And we're finally having a more productive conversation where we're acknowledging that compassion is not a zero-sum game. That we can acknowledge... Okay, you know what? And so again, like, I'm sorry, but like, let's just cut to the bullshit because part of the reason that I, I, um, I have to come on and say certain things is because I've noticed, like, I guarantee you this man wasn't talking um, to men about practicing compassion when they were saying that they were, you know, head of household and, you know, subjugating the women and when the norm was for the man to be, you know, out front. And now that there's more information coming out and saying like, hey, women are different, men are different, you know, you have to um, address those type of things. Maybe they do need help. Maybe they do need assistance. Maybe you're being too hard on them. Maybe they, they can't be that protective provider that you're trying to push down their throat. And now you want us to have compassion. And But like, this is this stuff irritates me because, like I said, like it wasn't like this when they were in control and when they were in power, but now they want us to be soft and delicate with them and stuff. And again, I think that I'm sensitive to it because I think even in the in the black community type of thing too, it's like it's it's just that whole theme of like it's not fun when the rabbit has the gun type of a thing. You know, because when everything was in your favor, there was no compassion. There was no empathy. There was no trying to extend the olive branch. But now it's like, oh, we need to be have empathy for men. Where was the empathy when women were trying to w enter the workplace to have a roof over, you know, to have a job where they could put a roof over their head to get into education, you know, institutions, to buy houses, to get ATM access to checking accounts? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Just acknowledging that compassion is not a zero-sum game. That we can acknowledge that men are young men are three times as likely to be addicted, four times as likely to kill themselves, twelve times more likely to be incarcerated, and recognize it's not a zero-sum game. That civil rights didn't hurt white people. That um, gay marriage didn't hurt 